All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, catching up this evening with good buddy Matt Herkstroder, no stranger to the podcast, although it's been a while since you yeah, been on. Yeah, it's been this been, winter, I think, since yeah. this winter. Well, when we were ice fishing, I think. Yeah, yep. But, yeah, it's been uh, kind of a balls-to-the-wall spring, like every spring is, really, but, yeah, man, what you been up to? Bear hunting, shooting bows. Trying to shoot bows. <laughs> trying to shoot bows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> working, well, working with Dylan and yeah, Dylan's shooting really good. Yeah. Like from what you know, I had I say that I hadn't seen him shoot before, but when Tom was over here and we had the little mini clinic, Dylan was re- seemed like he was really taking paying attention and oh he was picking up the stuff. That, he he talked about that for days oh. after you know <laughs> he I think he was like he wanted more. He was oh yeah you know. But it, it, I was kind of glad too that, you know, it kind of made me feel good that Tom was like, you know, your dad's taught you pretty well, you know, oh, that yeah. he made some minor tweaks mm-hmm. to him. It wasn't much though. No, it wasn't. And I mean, he's shooting, he's shooting a compound, which is still a little bit easier, I think. Oh, it's. I, I mean, obviously, a million, it's, million obviously, times it's easier. It, yeah, obviously, it's <laughs> I'm jo- easier. I'm joking but, about a million times easier. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, he's been. I think it's it, it's boosted his confidence quite a bit. Oh yeah, even from before. I mean, he was shooting pretty good, but I mean, he that whole thing with Tom helping him, tweaking him around, and you know, gave him some food for thought. Oh yeah, and well, and stuff like you know, settling back into that expansion. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a pretty minor tweak, but it seemed to make a big difference and he picked up on it right away. Right so. away. Well, and he's prime example of learning right from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, where a lot of people, you know, they just... You, me, everyone you, else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, and, and that's something that I wanted with Dylan was I wanted him to, I, you know, to the best that my knowledge was shooting compound, I wanted to teach him the best way that I knew. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, hopefully, like he developed, he was a freaking finger puncher with that trigger release. Yeah. And that's why I put him on that back tension release. Because I started shooting one. And he's 13 now? Yeah. 13, yeah. Yeah. And, because I was like, this ain't happening. You're not doing, you're not going down this road. At least not now. Yeah. You know, he was, I mean, just like every kid, you know, you start him out and, like I said, I wanted to do it right, and but I gave, gave him a wrist strap release, and mm-hmm. he was he well, he started out fine, but you know it just develops that whole target panic, punching the freaking trigger. It was driving me crazy, and he was wondering why he was never improving. Yeah, well, and stuff like that. Like I, you know, it's stuff that we're constant constantly learning. You know, a few years ago, you know, when my wife was shooting a compound, like. I I I know she struggled with that just like everybody does, but I like I didn't know enough to recognize it or you know so that that's really good. It was funny because it's hard to read hard to read young guys like that sometimes, especially when it's a bunch of adults okay. around yeah. and you know that aren't you know just kind of sit there and you don't know whether they're soaking it up or being like, man, I want to go do something else go yeah. get some mountain dew or something yeah. no he was he's into it and i mean he's if he's into something he'll be paying attention yeah you know and it's funny i mean as your kids grow you know you you start seeing what things they pick up on mm-hmm. and he's kind of witty like he'll 
pick up on stuff that I would have never picked up on. Yeah. And then later on, he can repeat stuff. So, I mean, he retains things. If he's, oh, that's awesome. If he's paying attention, he'll retain yeah. it. And uh, I don't know. I, like I said, he's he's been doing really well, you know. Hopefully, he kills a bear. I mean, I want him to, you know. And it's like, I've pretty much, I don't want to say given up, but he's getting first crack. Yeah. So. Well, that bear, that bear you showed Show me the picture of. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping. He, I'm hope he hoping gets he gets him, yeah. it. I mean, I really do. He'll he'll top anything. I've yeah, because he had, he hadn't killed one with a bow yet. No, he? he's killed one with a rifle, and he got a moose last year with a rifle. <clears throat> so this will be his first. You know, he and that's another thing. You know, he he worked hard to get his bow certification this mm-hmm. year, and I I hate for him not to get a bear because we've oh, been yeah. talking about it all winter. You yeah. know, so. Yeah, especially that age, like, it can be a little bit more powerful, you know, success or not success. It's not the be-all, end-all, but it can have a little bit more influence than it would on you or me, you know. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, well, we've had it good enough, enough good years to know that every once in a while we're going to have a shitty year. Oh, yeah, definitely, you know. I just think it's a confidence booster for those kids, oh, you know, yeah. and I mean it still is for me because I feel like, you know, I told you a long time ago, like first podcast we did that um, there's, I don't want to say regrets, but things that I could have did differently hunting wise, pursued Mm -hmm. things a little harder maybe. And, you know, I'm trying to give him those opportunities or at least let him see that he's got those opportunities and he should, you know, if he wants to act on them. Yeah. You know, like stalking bears. He made two black bear stalks this year, too. You haven't, I have to show you those videos. Yeah, I haven't seen the videos. I remember you talking about it. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like, not too many 13-year-old kids get to go stalking bears on their own. You know? Yeah, well, and that was... that was Or the, have the balls to, you know? Oh, he was all about it. I mean, <laughs> and after doing it, he's like, all right, let's go find another one. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, he loved it. And I was just... You know, he just made mistakes that... He, he hopefully learned from him. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, he's never stocked stuff with a bow before, so he, you know, he doesn't know. Yep. And even guys that are experienced, you still screw up. You oh, still, yeah. There's still things that don't Probably always... Probably most of the time you're going to screw it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we talked about it, and I was like, well, this is what you did wrong. I mean, it was like the, the one bear, it was a good-sized bear, and he he moved when the bear was looking at him. You know, yep. Dylan wasn't paying attention to what the animal was doing, and and I tried to get him to stop. You know, I was kind of holding back a little ways, mm-hmm. and I was trying to film it and just letting him move in. I mean, we were 37 yards, yeah, and he was wanting to get to 30. That's yeah. about where he's been shooting at, at his furthest. Mm-hmm. And he started this, because he, you know, he ranged it. It was downhill from us. Yep. And uh, he looks back at me, and he's telling me it's 37, you know, and. He points like he's going to move up, and I'm like, okay. So I'm just sitting back filming. As soon as he and he starts sneaking, right, and the bear was just digging. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as he started the walk, the bear looked up and saw him. And Dylan was looking down at the ground. And I was like trying to get him to stop, you know, yeah. obvi- without being obvious, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it was like, you know, it was probably five seconds, you know, when the bear just looking and, he, and Dylan the whole time is walking and I'm just like, and then he looks up and you, I could just see the look on his face. He turns around and looks at me, bear's gone, you know, but. 
Oh, it was man. still he was he was disappointed. I could tell he was disappointed, but the excitement that he had, yeah, was you know awesome. And he oh, realized yeah. what he did. Oh yeah, you know. And well, I'm like, well, we'll find another one. You know, oh, that's cool. And that'll that'll make it so much sweeter when he when he gets one. I'm sure it won't be long till he does. Which speaking of uh, speaking of bears, I saw. I don't know if you see. I'll have to show you this video I saw today. It's like. On one hand, it's kind of funny, but on the other hand, it's like one of the stupidest things I've ever seen anybody do, like with a black bear. It was somewhere back east or whatever. The this guy gets, stops his car, like gets out of his truck or whatever it is, and walks over to this dumpster that's like, oh, kind of like the transfer site dumpsters, about that high. And, oh yeah, and it's raining. And it looks like so, but he walks over there. And there's a black bear in there. Like an adult black bear in there. Is this where he and, closes the lid on it? No, no. But he's like, he's like just a few feet away from this thing. He just goes, hey, buddy. <laughs> and that black bear like comes out of his skin, just goes flying out of the dumpster. So on one hand, it's funny, but like just dumb, dumb, man. I mean, all, you know, all the thing would have to do is come out the dumpster a different way and end up tangled up with you. And then he's, you know, like. If I'm being realistic, chances are, yeah, probably nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Too bad, but, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> well, it was pretty nuts. I, I was trying to, when you mentioned that, maybe, th- wasn't there a video going around? Didn't somebody do that? Maybe it was a bear up at Prudo or something. They lock it I'm trying to remember. It got, or, or it got, maybe, it, maybe they didn't shut the door on it, but the, the lid, lids were propped, you know, they had those, oh, like, and it locked itself in, and it was beating the heck out of the inside of this thing, trying to get out. I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm I, trying to remember, I thought I saw something on that. It seems vaguely familiar, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's what came to my mind when you, when you mentioned that. I was... <laughs> yeah, I'll show you the video, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It was, like, on, fa- floating around Facebook or something like that, but... Yeah, just nuts. But man, yeah, that's that's cool. I hope you guys, I mean, antsy to hear hear how that goes. The action for, I kind of would like to kill one more black bear, but the uh, the action just totally died off after I killed that grizzly. Could be a number of things. I think, I don't know. Seems like sometimes in late June it just shuts off. Like some food source becomes widely available somewhere else. Somewhere else. You know, it's it's not like they're all dead. They're all still running around somewhere. Yeah, well, it's like we were talking. I this year has been an odd, different year. It it hasn't been normal, um, at least for me uh, and other people I've talked to. I mean, I know some people that shot bears. You know, you Nick and stuff. But it's like it's just not been the same, like either numbers of bears or. Yeah. Well, even it, it just, I don't know. And it, yeah. it was a little disappointing. Cause I mean, I was, I went into this year all gung ho, all excited. Oh yeah. You know, thinking, oh yeah, we're going to whack some bears. Dylan's going to get a bear, you know. Shoot. Bears for everybody. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, basically. Yeah. And it's, it has been far from it. Yeah. You know, at least for myself. I mean. Well, it's, and I didn't, it's just weird. Cause there's, I mean, like there's been years like Nick's just getting clobbered up there and then and I'm like have one picture of one black bear and then this year I mean if if I wasn't trying to trying to save him for Tom which ended up being futile anyways I mean there was three other night one really big boar 
just a few days before he came that I was kind of like hold, holding off and and trying to save for him, and then that Sal Grizzly come and run them all off, and none of them have been back since. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know what to make of it, but it's I don't know. It's coming down to the wire, at least for me. I don't know. This will probably be it this weekend, but I mean, I'll have one more weekend, I guess, before the end of season, but. I'm disappointed by your. Depends what I see. Yeah. What's on camera? I mean, last weekend, obviously bears were on camera, but nothing showed while we were there. So yeah. I mean that big one, you know, that's obviously the one we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't show. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just, yeah. Like like you said, never you never know what you're going to see. Those big boars are running around chasing sows this time of year. The black bears, anyway. Yeah. Imagine the grizzlies are still still fairly you know paired up to a degree. I would think so too. But and that's what worries me a little. I mean, when you see something like that on camera, it gets you amped up so much. Oh, I hate yeah. for I hate for a big letdown. Like you know, <laughs> you go to check your camera the next time. You know, he ain't been back. I don't know. No. He's he's moved on. You know, or something. Oh, yeah. It's just well, like, it's like that. It's like that big one that walked, the big grizzly that walked under my stand. You know, I kind of knew in my heart that I was never going to see <laughs> that bear again, just because of how they are. And but I'm like, there's still hope, you know. So of course, I went back up there. We the next time I could get up there was a week later, and go in there with high hopes. And no, he's not here. And I kind of was like, had my heart set on hunting that stand that night so it was a little late and then so then i'm like ah, i gotta get back down to the other one and hunt black bears and i ended up killing that second bear that night um that was that was a rodeo i mean my first the first blood i haven't really talked about my black bears on this podcast that was kind of when i was mia but uh the first one i mean not really that much to say first sit of the year like it was like may 12th or something it was early and you went out a little earlier than usual. Didn't yeah, you? a little earlier yeah. than usual. I think, I mean, like around the 20th or so is when the action usually starts picking up good. Uh, but we, I sprayed a bunch of sow and heat stuff, even though they don't really get going till June. I'm like, yeah, what the heck? You know, you never think the boar's got to know it's coming up. Yeah. So it's not going to hurt. Still going to bring, give them in, some yeah, interest of some sort. It's not going to hurt anything. And, so I sprayed a bunch of that, then ran back down there a couple days later, and sure enough, there was like three boars that had been in there on it, and uh, sat. And the first first bear that came in was the biggest one. You know, I knew instantly he was the biggest one. I built dark muzzle and came in, and he was dogging that sow and heat stuff. Like that time of year, there's there's no foliage, and they haven't really got their guts working good, so. They just don't eat a lot. They'll dig around mm-hmm. in the bay a little bit, but he didn't even. And same thing with the bear I, sh- the, I shot with the stone point last year. Not really that interested in relaxing. He's, I don't know, you know, apparently just dogging the sow and heat stuff because he's walking around all antsy. And But, uh, I mean, he gave me a great shot and just zapped him in 50 yards and he was dead. And he was a nice bear. He he didn't look quite as big in the pictures as he was. He, the second bear was significantly smaller, mm-hmm. and he looks bigger in bigger. the pictures. But uh, it's funny how them bears are deceiving looking. Though. Oh yeah. I mean, it, well, I like I like to get them in for good trophy photos. I like to get them straddling their chest on a log. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a little deceiving or not. But I, I 
Well, you can see when, more when of the bear that yeah, way. When they're flat on the ground, they just lay so flat into yeah. the ground that you don't really- They look small. All of them look small that you way. You don't get a, a like a perception for how deep their chest is when you know when they're standing up. So I, th- I just think they're a little nicer looking picture. But yeah. the second bear, he- um, so, you know, no, that grizzly hadn't come back on that one. So I'm, ah, should I should have come out here a couple hours earlier and already like all worked up, went down to the stand and I'd been shooting that longbow with some heavy ass arrows, like exclusively per the past couple days, climb up in the tree stand. And it was, this is about 1130, just right at prime time. Uh, no, a little bear, a little sow came in first. She was goofing around and then. I saw a bigger one, a boar walking back there. And there, at this point, there was, I had two boars on camera that were coming in together, one big one. And anyway, these two, or I see, uh, Sal's on there. I see one back there and he comes in and run, kind of, she runs off and looking at him, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely a boar. And, but I, you don't have anything to reference him. You know, like it's a nice boar, mm-hmm. but I I don't know if he's the big one or not. And I just kind of was had the itch to shoot another bear, <laughs> but he sat down broadside to me, and I was like, "Ah, oh, you should wait for him to stand up." You know, but I'm like, I was like, I can make that shot a hundred times in a row. So I mean, it's like 14 yards, and so yeah, go run through my shot sequence, and right, like I saw it go into his hair, high, high, like. I thought just under the spine, but I'm like, eee, that's high. But he instantly flipped around with his butt to me, looking back in the woods for whatever bit him. And I'm like, you don't know he's hit. So real quickly, I'm like, I time to fix this situation. And I threw I threw another arrow on there, and all right, you know, I got I went through my shot sequence really well. You know, I'm like, all right, just fast. I'm like, all right, load anchor transfer tension look and i hit him exactly where i wanted to and but i spined him you know I, as he's sitting there i'm visualizing all right what do i got to do to put that thing right through his heart coming out and spined him and it was, wasn't very pretty it wasn't like you know of course he so he loses his hind legs and starts dragging down the trail and now I'm, i slung two arrows at him as he's going through the brush just to try and get arrows in him and then at that point i'm like I could still see black back there. I pulled my 10 millimeter and bang, bang, you know, I shot twice at him. And then that's the one time, because I knew it was only black bears in there. I left my 375 in the boat. So I'm like, all right, Tyler, the only way you're getting this bear is to get down out of this tree, grab your rifle and run him down. (laughs) And so the, you know, I, stupid move to leave my rifle in the boat so i jumped out of the tree stand ran back there grabbed my rifle just ran back in the woods and and would stop where i could hear him that was the one thing i wanted to be careful of that i could still hear where he was yeah and ran him down and shot him and finished him so that that was when you texted me and you said it got western it got western, i, I, did, I didn't yeah. know i didn't know what it, what Mul- that meant because i didn't know the story but. yeah multiple <laughs> weapons were discharged <laughs> I mean, of course, I felt horrible. I was like, you know, and at that point, I'm just like, yeah. you just got to. We got to kill him at that gotta point. Got to get this thing dead, you know. And so got him. And, but I couldn't believe, you know, after I, after I got that thing back and skun him out. Because 
soon, you know, as soon as I spine shot him, I'm just like, come on, Tyler. Like, you just feel horrible. Yeah. But I got back, I'm like, man, it was like all that broadhead would have had to do is be turned to 90 degrees and it would have come out, it would have slipped around the side of the spine and come out the middle of the chest. So you hit it horizontal, like I on hit the it bone, perpen- I hit it. I hit it perpendicular to the direction of the bone. Oh, like, okay. you know, if the spine's running this way, imagine like a perpendicular 90 degree like angle X, yeah. right in the middle of the bone. I had to chop that dang broadhead out of his spine. And I couldn't believe when I caught up to him, he had his hind legs under him. Hmm. You know, but the only reason I could I could think that it didn't just, because it was a 600 grain arrow with a cutthroat, ra- just razor sharp. The same broadhead I shot the other bear with. The only reason I think it didn't punch through that spine or that I can come up with is the flex in that spine. Oh, it like absorbed you know, the like it, like, cause energy it, it, or something a, of the arrow? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it's a, it hit that bone and just the, flex. the flexibility to absorbed enough of the momentum of that arrow to not let it go through. I mean, it was buried in there. I had to unscrew my arrow and chop that broadhead out of there once I got him all once I got all the meat cut up and stuff like that. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, cause you, you hit a feet, you know, that setup, you know, hit a femur or a shoulder or anything like that. It's going to just obliterate through, it. Yeah. Not going to stop it. So that's all I could come up with. So I felt, I felt a little better knowing that, you know, my second shot in hindsight, the first shot just, just cut the skin. It didn't even cut any of the membrane over oh. the meat. It just like gave him a, little razor cut on his back but i couldn't tell that and i'm thinking i got actually like got a body penetration on this bear and he doesn't know it because it was so slick and fast that you know you kind of (laughs) just well (laughs) things are moving at a very rapid pace at that point and you you have to like make your decisions very quickly and you know i i was sure that i hit that bear you know, if I would have if I would have known that I would have just cut his back a little, you know, cut his skin, I would have just given him a second and seen what happened. Anyway, so, well, things don't always go as planned. No, I mean, they, you know, and once once you start the ball rolling, it's like, you know, just like you said, you don't you didn't know that. No, and you so, you just you just can't like just sit there and pout about the situation. You gotta. You got to yeah. escalate the level of force very quickly yeah. sometimes. So it was uh, it was kind of a bummer, but I I got him, drug the sled back there and drug him out, and uh, so I'd been banging around in the woods quite a bit. Drug him out, got more bait, hauled it, you know, and I think I had my rifle slung or something, but I had bag of bait on my shoulder. Walk in, and the big one standing at the bait, looking at me. Like you gotta be shitting me, and I just looked at him for and then until he kind of turned and ran off. off. And yeah, that's crazy how all that noise and you know traipsing around and everything. Yeah, so, how sometimes it's going to affect the bears, and then other times they could care less. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you, you go and and naturally you want to be as quiet as you can, but it's just. It cracks me up. I mean, I used to be paranoid, like of even turning my head, like like I'm making too much noise. Yeah, <laughs> and and like just absolutely holding as perfectly still as possible. I think that's that is much more critical if you're sitting in like a brushed-in ground. Like, yeah, if you're not in an enclosed blind. Yeah, but in a tree stand, 
you know, I don't know. It, I, I think sometimes you can get away with more than you think. It's not an excuse to like, it's foreign noises like rappers and if, if it's, con- you know. Yeah, clanging bows on Clanging the bows, dropping arrows out of your tree stand, have them hit every step yeah. going down. Um, stuff like that will get their attention. But I think if you just, I don't know. I move more than probably a lot of people would, you know, looking this way and that way. And, you know, you get at least not with my uncomfortable tree stands, you know, stand up every once in a while. I don't think it's that big a deal. And the damn squirrels make so much racket. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, or, or a bear comes in there. He's banging the drum around and all this stuff. And then, you know, more bears start showing up. So like, that's happened before. And yeah. it's like, and I'm worried about. Yeah, making a bunch of noise or. You know, I, I kind of agree because I used to be the same way. I'm still cautious, yeah. like you say. But oh, it doesn't hurt. At the very worst, it doesn't hurt. But I've seen, I mean, I went to one of my buddy's baits one year. Them bears could care less. We're we're, we're talking out loud, not yeah. at our normal voices. Yeah. But we're talking out loud next to each other in the stand while the bear's at the bait. And it could care less. Oh, I've had that it happen It didn't before, care yeah. at all. You know, and then yeah. I had a young bear one year on one of my baits. My buddy was hunting with me, and his dad came up from Colorado, and he, he's like, "You want to go sit on the bear bait?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll take some pictures of bears." And he had he had uh, the whole Alaska experience was kind of new for him, you know. Yeah. But his his son that was living up here, he was like. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, come on, go to the Matt's bait and this and that. And, you know, he had no clue. I mean, he thought we were crazy hunting these bears. And you mean you're in the woods with bears and they're wandering around and, you know, and running the rivers in boats and doing all this yeah. stuff. I mean, it was, it was the, so I gave him the full-blown experience. Oh, yeah. Well, we're in the stand and, you know, we had bear activity. They're, none of them were shooters that, that were coming in, but... This he's clicking away with the camera. Bears didn't care, you know. And uh, finally, this one bear he just hung out there for quite a while. And it was a young bear. I could, t- I mean, he didn't really know any better. Mm-hmm. But we were moving around in the stand. He didn't care one bit. And then he wanders over to where my boat is at, and I'm like, I told told my buddy's dad. I said, I'm gonna go run that bear off. He's gonna try to get in the boat, probably. Yeah. He's like, well, I got to go to the bathroom, you know? And I'm like, well, you can come down there and go when we go over by the boat. But I want to go make sure the boat not getting, or yeah. the bear's not getting in the boat, you know? Yeah. And so he thought I was a little crazy going down there with his bear. But I walked over there and the bear's on the bank, got his front paws on the back of my boat. And the boat's swinging away from the bank, you know? And the yeah. bear's trying to get in the back. And I went over there and I was like, get you know, well, the bear jumps up on the bank and he just stands there and looks at me. So I just start walking to him. Yeah. And my buddy's dad thought I was crazy. I got like <laughs> 10 yards from this bear and he he just stood there. Didn't want to leave. Finally, I got my gun down because I was like, you know, I had my rifle and I just pointed at him. I'm like, you better get bear, you know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a shooter, but he was one of them young bears that really didn't have the fear of man in him yet. Yeah. And... He finally, he, he went away, but he was hesitant. Yeah. And my buddy's dad was like, man, that was crazy. You never, I can't believe the thing didn't run, you know? And I'm going, yeah, he might be a problem bear eventually. Yeah. I don't they know. It can be weird sometimes. And I don't know what makes ones like that. <laughs> that reminded me, the guy showed me 
a couple guys that are pretty, pretty keep pretty tight about what they're doing. Just, I don't know. They're just private guys, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, you know, and this, the stuff these guys have done, it's just would put any of us to shame as far as all oh, you think you got a cool, you got cool stories. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, one guys, they, they had a, were running a bait and they showed me a video of the one of them climbing down out of their tree stand when this about a seven foot black bears on the bait and walking around the bait like jiggling a dog food bag <laughs> the thing's just staring him down you know you know it was it was pretty funny although you know you just it doesn't really it's not really prudent to do too much crazy stuff because eventually you're going to get the one yeah. that that it's not going to end well. Yeah. But, well, uh, that's the thing. They're all, they all have a personality. You know, all them bears are a little different yeah. personality. And they're hunting, bear, you know, that particular one, I think it was probably a bear that had never dealt, never really dealt with people. It's remote enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Well, like Frank's bear up on the, up on the, up on the river last year, that thing, he probably never, ever seen a person up close before. He didn't know what to think. Yeah, he was just like trying to trying to assert his authority. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool though <laughs> to see him behave like that. I mean, maybe it's a little intimidating at times, but it's cool because that I don't know. You don't see that a lot. Yeah, have you heard him? Uh, have you you heard those bears talking talking to each other? I have. That's it's a weird sound, like when there's two like. A boar and a sow or something. I mean, several times I've had a group of like three bears come in at the same time. Yep. And it's just like, like really quiet. You almost like, you have to be paying attention to hear it. Yep. I've heard it before. Well, what got me into that, and I don't know if we talked about this before was, or I never knew that bears did that. Yeah. And then a, a, a guy that we knew, he turned me on to these bear calls and- this bear call makes bear noises. Hmm. Like, and I can't remember exactly what all, I experimented with this in the tree stand mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And I don't really know if it helped or not, like bringing bears in. Yeah. But it came with, it's, you know, it's one of these old school, came with a CD and you listen to it. And yeah. It shows you how to make the noises with this call and everything. And those, some of the noises are on there. And I'm like, I didn't even know these bears did that. And then I started paying attention to it, and I heard them doing it. And I'm like, well, there's that noise. It's on the CD. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, huh. And now they don't do it all the time. No. But I have heard them before. And it's, yeah. It's, it's always when, no, I've, when I've heard them do that, it's when there's like a pair or three of them, and you hear them back and forth, and like just a real quiet, like like you and me just talking quietly. Just Yep. Or... Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like kind of like that. Kind of whoa, 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 yep. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what it means, but <laughs> I don't know either. I'd have to. It's been a while since I listened to that CD. This guy talked about all that stuff and what it is and when they do it. And I'd be curious to know, if, you know, how much that stuff grizzly bears do. Because as far as I know, all them damn grizzly bears do is. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one boar, that bear actually that's hanging right there. The night before I killed him, I had almost got him. He ran two little, two like, yeah, probably three year olds that had been kicked off siblings. He ran them off the bait. He swam across the river 
and I heard him get go into the river swimming across, and they're like, you know, like choking, and then they get out of the water, and then for like a minute before he got there, he's just huffing and huffing and huffing, and finally, you know, those bears took off, and he huffed his way right to the bait and out the other side before I ever got a shot chasing them. At least you know when they're coming. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the thing, you know, I mean... Imagine if a grizzly was like a black bear when it showed up. And just, just was there. Slinked in, yeah, just all of a sudden appeared. That'd be a little more, uh, I don't want to say nerve-wracking. I guess nerve-wracking if you're on the ground. It could be but, a little trickier to get, to get because they're, they're a bear that I think on a bait with a bow, you need to shoot them the first chance you get. Yeah. The first good shot they give you, you got to take it. Because they're alert. They're like, they're, they're alert. on it all the In time. In general, they are much more on it than a black bear and way more spooky. Like this bear, I mean, this bear I just shot, he was kind of an exception where he, he came, was, I saw him walking. I didn't ever hear him, but I, I trimmed some brush out so I could see back this trail that they, on the green mile that they normally Walk in on. Come in on. And I could, I saw him back there and, you know, I see him and he goes out of sight. So we got a chance to like, all right, you know, make sure we're ready. And I sit with my bow on my lap, but, uh, he was kind of the exception. He came walking in pretty, pretty calm and relaxed. Like he had no clue we were there, but even, even bears that don't know you're there. Most of the time, those grizzlies, they're even, they're not necessarily spooky. They're just higher strung. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're not running around like crazy, it's like they're just walking on pins and needles. They come in fast. They don't hold still for very long. You know, it's it's tough to get them, like, really relaxed, it seems like. Well, that's been my limited experience. I mean, I've had lots of grizzlies hit my baits, mm-hmm. but they've never came in when I've been sitting on the bait. I've had one, a really big one. Yeah. You know, I told you about that years ago. Yeah. And it came, that was before you could even shoot them. Mm-hmm. And, uh that thing came in with a sow and the sow was more comfortable. The boar, he, that thing was just nervous. The whole circling I mean, and circling yeah. and trying to uproot this little tree that was by the bait. And you know, the sow just plopped down and was eaten. Yeah. And he was just back and forth huffing and uprooting this tree. I mean, they're just destructive. Them oh, freaking yeah. things. I mean, I got one on camera this year, video of it. He come in for, he hit it one day and I mean, he's jumping on my barrel. He's freaking tr- t- slinging the barrel around well, the tree. I've seen, and I've seen, I've had him smash 55-gallon yeah. drums like a pop can. Yeah. Like, I can't fathom the like the power it takes to do that. And, you know, I made the mistake once of, well, one of those barrels that then got smashed like a pop can. I had just drilled holes in it and ran steel cable through and cabled it to a tree. Yeah, no big deal. Just get rip the cable right through the barrel yeah yeah i've heard some some guys will have some guys and gals people have had pretty good luck with just ratchet strapping them to a tree really tight where they can't spots where they can't get any movement and can't like can't get their get their paws behind it to pull because i've seen them with like you know little half drums i've used in the past where big grizzly will just sit down there and get his paws in there and just Yep. Just sit there and yank on it. Like it's it's just genetically programmed into them to just absolutely destroy everything. Well, in this in this one I just shot, I don't think I had mentioned that. We went in there and 
went in there. I'm like, whoa. It looked like he was like getting ready to bury the bait site. Like all the moss on the full ground on the ground all the way around the bait. He'd just been raking it up into piles. With well, heck, he's got those excavators on his hands Jeez, right there. Yeah, there? you ain't or kidding, claws. man. There's some long claws like, on that thing. Those things are sharp. Like, I mean, most bear claws, it's like, yeah, okay, quote, unquote, sharp. Well, these things, you could, like, jab someone yeah, with them. Yeah, there's, there's, like, a point on them. Yeah. They're not just, yeah, they're, that was pretty impressive. Well, yeah, look at that one versus the one you just shot. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a drastic difference. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's. Yeah, I had a, this is years ago, I didn't even have a trail camera. I mean, I was like going in there blind, you know, just yeah. going, oh yeah, bare headed, oh, the, rem- stick, the I, sticks are gone, the you sticks, know? I remember those days, the sticks are gone, <laughs> yeah. as, the, as your head net's like duct taped to your head, mosquitoes <laughs> yeah, buzzing no, around, you can't hear or pre, see anything. Yeah, pre-thermocell and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Anyway, yeah, I, I walked in there and I'm like. Just like you said, 55-gallon drum, it's smashed like a pop can. I had a ladder tree stand. The ladder is smashed. The tree stand's hanging just by the tree. And I'm like, what the heck was here, a Sasquatch or what, you know? It actually scared me. I'm like, I don't know if I want to come in here anymore, you know? And didn't oh, have a yeah. camera, so you don't know. Yeah, you, you don't know. know what what time. You I mean, don't know if they were there five minutes before yeah. you walked in, you know? Yep. You just know, yep, it was a grizzly bear. You might find some hair around on a tree or something, but it's like... And that was back, too, when I used to think, oh, I got a grizzly. Ain't no sense in hunting black bears here no more. It's just done. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's kind of myth now. I don't, uh, yeah, it's... I, I think I, it can change patterns and stuff. It can change patterns. Well, and, you know, like this year... Like, you know, that's, and it depends on the bear too. Like yeah. that sow grizzly with, and she was a big sow with three two-year-old cubs, you know, almost adult cubs, you know, she's going to be a mean freaking and she base, I'm assuming her, because my boar look from the pictures didn't show up till the morning we came to hunt. Um, she pretty much ran all those black bears out of there because they were in there like almost on the hour, every hour, 24 hours a day until she showed up. And, but at the same time, I've shot black bears the same night. I've seen grizzly sows with cubs. Yeah. Well, and that's, I guess what I'm saying is too, it's not, not all hope is lost. No, it's not a deal breaker. No. I mean, but back then I used to, you know, I used to think that. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I've learned otherwise since, I mean, just like you say, they could still run the black bears off. Or, yeah change patterns and whatever but i mean i just think that not everything is lost it's still worth hunting it if you're willing to go and hunt it you know yep and i don't know i, just, I know a lot of people though too they just i'm thinking grizzly bears scare them to death yeah you know i mean it i was talking to a guy at work about it today he just thinks i'm flat out crazy <laughs> i'm like i mean how often though do you hear about anybody getting hurt? Not bear hurt. baiting. You know what I mean? Not well, maybe once every couple of years, three years. You know, there was a guy last year I haven't heard anything this year. There was a guy last year got chewed on a little bit. Was that a wounded bear? I can't remember. Down like by know. Hurricane Gulch somewhere around there, was it? I don't know if I heard about that or remember. I think I heard about that. And they did get the bear and recovered the bear. I can't remember how that one went, but yeah, I know a couple. I know of a couple guys that um, have had to 
is I think is before you could shoot grizzlies on bait had to DLP grizzlies like that from shooting them from the hip with a 375 at about six feet you know because they're the way their trail is going to the bait you can't see nothing until you're right there right there yeah and uh but i've got a new bait like that this year yeah (laughs) and i'm not liking it because of that yeah but it's actually a new bait that no bears have hit either so but it's like that you cannot see it until you're right on it yeah and i don't like that aspect of it necessarily because it's just in the thick yeah thick of thick you know and especially if you go in there late when it's kind of dusky a mm-hmm. little bit i mean it's not dark but you know how it is and yeah just the light is different you know there's everything is dark there's no you know shadow and light and you know where you yeah, can pick totally. out movement easily easily yeah. so i don't know i just uh I'm just always, you know, people like, like the guy there today, he's, he's, uh, I invited him. I was like, you want to sit in the bait with me? You can see how it is yeah. next year if you want. I don't mean, I don't care. You can come along and he don't really care about shooting them. He's just, oh, I might do that. Just check it out, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, it's not like every uh, people that's never done it like they think, you no. know? I showed him that video of you with the grizzly bear on the ground, the one you got on YouTube from. Oh time yeah, ago. that bear that I, walked you know, right up it, to me. Because he's like, "Oh, you're sitting on the ground." I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "I've got mixed feelings about it. I like it." Yeah. But the spot where I'm at, where I'm at too, I don't have great tree stand trees anyway. You know, I mean, I yeah. could probably find some, but I'm like, I just, I like. I don't know. I wanted to change it up. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to hunt off the ground. Well, and- hunt off the ground's fun, man. Especially, I like doing it for black bears. Um, but my, I don't know, my however limited experience with it with grizzlies was they all, I never got a shot off on the ground with, oh, on them, a, grizzly. with a bow. Um, they always either you know, figured out I was there. Before they either winded me before they came in, they saw and or they saw they like came into the bait and saw movement and either all of them either charged or took off. Well, I got a new goal for you. What's Since that? you've completed this goal <laughs> with a stone point, maybe she'd set up on the ground for a grizzly at seventy five yards. <laughs> seventy five yards. <laughs> then they're far enough away. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, like if I was if I was rifle hunting them, I'd say like if I was like running a bait with well, you mean with my bow? Like yeah, we I was. Yeah. yeah, I was just being sarcastic, but yeah, we were flinging them, experimenting a little bit, and I think I found a way to where I mean, I was dropping them in there. Oh yeah, you you were in over at like seventy seventy one yards. Yeah, you know, for the first time I've ever shot that bow that far, like it was like four out of seven in a sheep heart lung area yeah yeah i come over here to shoot and and tyler's like i brushed out my shooting lane a little further <laughs> you're like how far do you how yeah far you? We, we keep walking and walking walk he's like yeah up there at the end and i'm like out by the road <laughs> <laughs> he's like well i think if i do this and i do this and i'm like oh, okay yeah and i'm watching i'm like 
dude, they're freaking going right in there. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, all I mean, right, I'm, a- I'm going to switch to, no, I'm going to switch to, to split. I cut my tab so I can switch to split finger and yeah. And you're, yeah, you're like, whatever, dude, this, you're <laughs> lose this arrow. It's going to land in the dirt. Well, 20. there was a couple that were off, but you figured out, you know, you figured out what you had to do. And then once you did, they were dropping in. I was like, wow, like, I'm pretty impressed. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> But yeah, it's nuts. Like running that, running that triggered shot, and uh, running that triggered shot, and switch. What I'm doing is switching to. Cause I haven't really explained it on the podcast very well. I my point on with the setup I'm shooting. I'm going to take sheep hunting is like forty nine or fifty yards, depending on the lighting. You know. So my point on's right there at like 52 to 53 yards. I got to hold the, you know, the top of my point right at the sheep's back. And at 55 yards, I've got to shade it up like another six inches. And beyond that, it just becomes too much of a distance that I, I think I would really struggle with being able to find a reference point to aim at that's going to be accurate. So like effectively three under you know, my max effective range would be like 55 yards in the field, assuming all, assuming yeah, all conditions best are scenario. best case scenario. Um, but I'm like, ah, well, I kind of wanted to see what I could do. So I'm like, well, if I dropped a split finger, how could I then gap shoot out to my point on for that? So I didn't know, you know, I'm like, ah, if my, my point on's 50 with that, I'd probably get to, 60 yards which would be nice so i try you know i I goofed around and and switched to split at 60 yards and i'm having to hold is having to hold right like just below the feet of that sheep target so i'm like yeah well i gotta had to brush out the shooting lane a little bit and tonight was the first time i'd i'd shot back at like 70 71 and it's pretty much my point on split finger yeah it was like that it feels weird because i gotta i mean i'm holding that bow way up there, <laughs> you know, so it, it feels weird, but I was pretty impressed how I think I can fine tune that, not saying that, you know, may or may not ever be like a, a first shot I would take in the field, but it's nice well, to have that no, in the back pocket. Knowing that, knowing what you need to do, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. All the things you got to think about. I mean, I, even myself included, I never thought that there was so much to think about. I really didn't. Oh yeah. You know, but now as I'm learning this stuff that it's, there's a lot more involved. You can't just, I mean, it, it's the process and you got to follow that process. Cause if you don't, well, just like some of those, you, you knew. Oh yeah. I told you, you instantly. Know. I'm like, oh, yep. I did this. And that's why it was, you know, a little low ride or a little high or, you know, Whatever it's, and that, I don't know. It's just so important if you want to shoot really can shoot a shoot a stick bow really consistently, or you know, comp sure compound the same way. But um, it's you know, and no, you don't have to do that. You can just be the arrow and grip it and rip it. But <laughs> that's why yeah, I don't. That's why most guys can only shoot to twenty yards at the most. Well, and even know? at twenty, I don't think that um, that's always going to be that's always going to work. No, it's not. Especially at 15 I mean, yards. It's not always going to work. Well, that's what I'm I mean, saying. I mean, I was, I ran a pretty good shot and I freaking 
missed that bear at 14 yard. You know, there's always the wild card of, of shit can happen, but you know, it's just so much more consistent. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm saying this having gone through the whole like snap shoot and couldn't even touch my anchor. Yeah. Well, type of thing. When I started redoing this whole process and I figured I did figure I'd be in a better situation right now than I am, but I'm still quickly realizing, especially after talking with Tom and going through everything that one day, seeing some of the issues that I got going on. Yeah. I'm just like, I got a heck of a lot of work still to do. Yeah. You know, and I, and, and I hate to say this and, you know, after that day, how bad I was shooting that day. Well, and I wouldn't even say that day, even before yeah. that, I had told you for a couple of weeks, I'd been shooting pretty bad. I didn't know what happened. I mean, I just lost it. It was just. Yeah. And it's it, like, it's like that. And I was, I mean, it's, it was a blow. I'm like, this couldn't be at a worse time. I want to be bear hunting right yeah. now. And I, it, when I left here, I told Dylan, I said, you got first crack at a bear. I said, I don't even know if I'm going to shoot a bear with my stick bow right now. I'm like, the way I've been shooting, I might just break the compound yeah. out. I mean, if to be all honest, I yeah. mean, I, I was just like, just because I've been down that road where I, back when I used to shoot and just grip and rip it, mm-hmm. how many times I missed. I mean, I shot at a stupid bear off the bear bait at 13 yards, three arrows, all of them in the dirt. And the bear just stood there. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to go down that road again. No, no. And, and I think that's the right that's the right decision. Or yeah. wounding one. I mean, that's yeah. when I picked up the compound again. I, I waited and I waited and I waited to kill a big bear with the recurve. I finally had an opportunity. And I felt like that year I was probably shooting better than I ever had, mm-hmm. even though I was still wasn't shooting yeah. where I should be. Um, but I had that confidence, mm-hmm. which like we were talking tonight, that mental aspect of this whole thing is something too, I think people underestimate. Oh, big time. Um, I did. It, well, you see these, these individuals on like, you know, like any of the traditional, well, the, the like that, the put that push page is, is got a lot, quite a few pretty like-minded people that like want to shoot better, but like, you know, traditional bow hunters page, you know, someone will always do some wisecrack about it, and and then like the other, there was a comment that I was like, "Oh, keep the Einstein out of shooting." It's like, oh, okay, it's, so you don't want to shoot better? Well, no, you're exactly you know? right. It's <laughs> it's like Aaron was saying with those trad veins, how pe- how much blowback he's got about that, and I'm thinking to myself, exactly what he said about why i mean i know you shooting off elevated mm-hmm. rest you were using you've been shooting veins ever since i've known you yeah but i'm thinking to myself too well what why not use it oh yeah you know if it's going to if it's going to help you why not it's not like it's not like you're breaking a major technology barrier that you know what I mean? It's not like the difference between shooting a stick bow and shooting a compound. Yeah, or putting you know, a laser or, sight on your stick bow. Or, yeah, or yeah, a laser, or, or it's like, or like the the integrated rangefinder sight for a comp. comp it's like, yeah, it's not. It's not like the difference between shooting a regular slider or fixed pin compound sight and that. 
it's just like you're still shooting the same bow, executing the same shot. It's it well, just, and, I can't. And, I can't believe people like get as turn up about it as they have. Well, it's like we were talking about the wood arrows, and you're like, oh, "I'm glad I'm shooting, done shooting the wood yeah, arrows." Damn well, right, I am. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like wood arrows. I, I they're was, tell, per, they're I was pretty, telling you, yeah. they're fun to build. They're, I mean, the nostalgia is there for them. But I will say, it's like I told you when I came over here and I was talking about it. I said the. I need every little bit of help I can get. And the straightness factor of a wood arrow is not there compared to a carbon. It's just and, not. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, if you're if you're going for all-out accuracy, why not use everything that you can to your benefit? To, yeah. to You know, every little thing's going to help. Yeah. You still get. Gain that accuracy. You, and it's still traditional. You still it's, get the mystical flight of the arrow. You know? Yeah. Well, that's a, like you were shooting out that. I was like, dude, that's so cool, man. You can that, see that arrow arcing. It, yeah. It, up it, into it, the upper atmosphere, the ICBM, <laughs> like. Then, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I got to account for the elevation, the, the air density at the elevation <laughs> change where that thing goes up in the air. But no, like it was like, I was like, huh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be bringing your uh, wind meter. And, my, yeah, yeah. My Kestrel yeah. and applied ballistics. <laughs> You're gonna have to develop an app for that for your for I'll, your trad bow. Yeah, I'll have to. But yeah, people get so <laughs> no. I that just, just drives me nuts. Like, oh, take the Einstein out of it. Don't you're thinking about it too much. And it's like, well, okay, if you want to suck, you know, I I, I I just don't. I really don't get it. Like whether it's because I would I would think maybe it's just the way I'm wired that everybody would want to shoot well. Oh, Everybody yeah. wants to hit the target. Everybody yeah. wants to cleanly kill the animal they're after. It's just like this big, you know, whether it's this big lie that, you know, I would call it a lie that, you know, people talk themselves into that, you know, that arrow is just going to fall out of the sky after 15 yards or 20 yards because, because the way, you know, and most people didn't haven't had anyone show them no. an effective way to shoot and and shoot accurately. So you know, like I, most of us started just flinging arrows on our own. Then you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that influence, and well, and I you, think you just do the best you can. But you start believing, like, oh man, there's just not any way I can be can be better than this. And when stuff you start to learn more information and find out that hey you know there might be a better way or a way for me to shoot more consistently like it just doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't do it or why you would at least try it yeah at least try it and and that's what i think i do think people overthink some some of this stuff people do overthink Mm -hmm. you know i mean there's a lot to be Learned from just experience, trying, even just trying. Mm-hmm. When I say experience, just trying something. You may not have perfected it, but you yeah. can at least say you've tried it or, you know, even though you, maybe you're doing it wrong. I yeah. mean, but I think having enough of an open mind to be like, try something if somebody suggested or if, or if the information's out. I mean, if you don't want to, I mean, I could care less, but I mean, if if you don't want to, I just think if, if, if you're going to try to improve yourself with shooting or whatever it is, you might as well take some advice from people 
that are doing well at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and, the, and I think there's some, I don't know, our, I say we, like a lot of people, I mean, myself included, sometimes tend to, tend to stagnate and like think, well, all right, well, this is the, this is the, you know, and shooting, it's like, well, I think you know, we you, you get a, you get a guy that, you get a guy that, you know, he's the best shot in his local archery club and he'd been doing the same thing the same way for 30 years and like he's comfortable in that and there's not necessarily anything wrong with it but then uh you know new guy shows up and kicks his ass again and again and again then all of a sudden he he isn't you know i can understand the being like the just a competitive nature to be like you know guilt irritated and vindictive about that but i guess it's different some people use a situation like that to you'd be like man i got to figure out what the heck i'm doing wrong or how is this you know what is this person doing that makes them a much more effective yeah. shot? Well, you and and then uh, and and use that. You can use it to improve yourself and like in a in a positive way, or you can just become a freaking you know just a grouch about it and quit shooting. And, and I mean, well, I mean, you could have you could have been that way because you shot pretty dang well. You shot well before. You could have just not did anything that Tom makes suggested you know and just continued down the road you were doing yeah. just like you had been learning and i'm not saying what you were doing was wrong it's yeah. what you knew at the time oh, yeah. and what you know your dad had taught you and stuff like that yeah and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but you were open-minded enough to be like hey i'm willing to try this rebuild oh, yeah. your shot just like you did i mean if, and, if and, you were shooting in your old way, would you even be shooting out here at seventy-one yards? No, like not even. Not I wouldn't even cross my mind. I uh, like at my best back shooting. You know when you know before I had kids. You know pretty much right before I had kids when we were all shooting. You know, the club was going really strong, shooting three D all the time, and we were setting up like really pretty challenging courses we always had some trad shots out oh, of like, i know out of like, I, I lost plenty of arrows out there out of like you know four <laughs> out, out to like 40 and 45 yards we always had some of those shots but you know even in my best it was like like a sheep target at 40 yards it's like uh i'm gonna be happy if i hit the foam yeah now i'm like nitpicking 50 55 yard shots because they're like not in the heart and lungs you know, and yeah. like, and like, all right, what did I screw up on that shot that made it do that? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you took the advice. I mean, and it was good advice. You took that advice, rebuilt your shot, and you saw how it improved your accuracy. To yeah. me, that's no brainer. And you could apply that to anything. The trad veins, uh, you know, you name it. I mean. Yeah. It's like, I, get a set of trad, you know, get some trad veins. Like the trad veins are concerned. Get some trad veins. Get them wet, shoot them, you know, just like try them out. See if they, if they fly good, mess around with you, your knock orientation or something like anything like that, that has a p the potential to really improve your life. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well, you know, it, give it, give it a solid run. Like, you know, Tom stuff, I, I worked, I talked to him and worked on him for, worked on it for, I ended up going down there really quick, like less than a month after I started talking to him because Almost immediately, as like, 
you know, he gave me a few things and he was really good about it. He wasn't just like, oh, well, you're totally effed up. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to, even though he knew yeah. as far as a, as far as an NTS style shot, like everything had to go. But, you know, if, if you're shooting well and comfortable, you know, he gave me a few pointers, but I'm like, well, this, this doesn't work anymore the way I, the way I shoot. And so I kind of knew that I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to like try this, I, I, I could always go back. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I got to. But you had to try the whole thing. You couldn't just. Yeah. I had to, had to go through the whole, the whole deal. And, and what was really nice was being down there with him for three days. Cause then I could, you know, really get a good, a good freaking beating on that stuff. Yeah. And well, see, instantly see, like, see like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, uh, Hey, this is going to be way better in the long run. And then came back and just beat my head against the wall for six months, you know, for yeah. months, literally, I've been shooting that damn bag, you know, like yep. you've seen yeah. my, my daily yeah. Instagram yeah. stories, but, yeah. and well, like I, I, you know, I'm super, super thankful that Tom, when he came up here, he took his time out of yeah. hunting to help some of us, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean. Obviously, I wished I could have spent multiple days. Would have been awesome. Oh yeah, but I mean, I know that's kind of what I was planning on. But the, the stupid grizzly bears kind of threw a wrench. In no, and I mean, I get it. I mean, that's the other thing. He's here to hunt, and you know, I mean, I don't want to take that away from him either. I'm just one day. I mean, I th- I was thankful for one day. Yeah, and that's why I told I told Dylan, I'm like, you're coming with me. Good. Yeah. You know, I'm like, regardless of what you think, you're coming with me. Yeah. And I mean, I know he's glad he did, but. Just getting that and figuring out stuff that I'm doing wrong, even though I thought I was doing things right, and just going, why is this happening? Oh, yeah. What you know? It's fixable. It's in in you know, like you have the open mind to to stick with something because I think one of the biggest barriers with that stuff is that people are just flat out afraid to get worse before they get. Like they're just so many people are just like, well, how often do you? You know, I told told people, no, oh, well, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. You know, and it's because it's freaking scary when you know, like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the crapper for a while. Be- oh, definitely. Before before like I really start, it's just you have to trust the system and trust that that it will you will come back up and be better. Yeah. Well, than- like I said, when I left here that day, I was a little dis. I had mixed emotion about that whole thing because I was I was disappointed in myself because you want to you want to take advantage of that time and drive yourself right through it to like I the did. end you know yeah I did you know and it was like but I'm I, I guess I knew it I just didn't want to think about it or admit it because I I did that with a compound when I switched to that release I was telling you about shooting long range I mean yeah, I used to yeah. never shoot long range with a compound. You know, I mean, I did started doing that three years ago, and and it improved my shooting so much. Once yeah. I mastered my release, yep, that new release, same one that Dylan's shooting um, now. Uh, but I was willing to try it. But there was a point in my life, I mean, when I was like, I had moose at forty yards, and I wouldn't take the shot because I'm like, nope. It's not 30, 35 yards. That's where I want to shoot. Even though I could kill it at 40, it was no, I'd practice at 40, but I hadn't, I didn't have the confidence, you know, just, and that's where that mental thing comes into play. You know, I'm like, 
I think that's way underestimated, and I underestimated it when I started re, you know, started this winter with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I figured, oh, I'm going to work on this form. I'm going to do this, and oh, it's going to improve. And that is a part of it, for sure. Yeah, but the mental is just as important. I mean, you got to. Yeah, it all goes. To, well, it's like you know, if you said like there, how you're you're gonna, like like you know how you're hooking the string is important and the angle you start your draw to load is important. You know, they're all important because they work together for the same, you know, they get you to the end goal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I, I guess my, what I'm trying to say is there's times when I shoot and even though form's not on point, Mm -hmm. my mind wonders, I'm, I'm not confident. Like I'm going to make the shot right now. I'm, you know, not necessarily, I'm going to fire now, but I'm, when you're getting your sight picture, you know, just the confidence in, I'm going to put that arrow right there. Yep. If anything crosses your mind, and it has with me multiple times, like no confidence there. You like and, You and everybody else. You know you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. For me, as soon as that happens, it's downhill. It's freaking done. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's, you, you're not focusing on the process. Cause, I mean, to shoot a consistent shot every time, you have to do the same thing every time, which means thinking about and focusing on the same process every time. Yeah. You I, know, that's, that's, it's the only way, you know. And I guess I've been harping on Dylan for that because I, I'm thinking back now and I'm like, I wonder how often I do that with my comp. I think you can get away with more with a compound. Yeah. There's I mean, just more, you know, there's certain things with a compound that take a higher percentage of human error out of it. Yeah. But I, but I, I, you know, just self-evaluating myself going, I wonder how many times I've done that with a compound. Let's say it was a it was a mediocre shot, just target shooting, but it was yeah. a mediocre shot. Trying to actually, you know, did I lose confidence in what I was doing? Yeah, and I, I mean, I followed through with execution, but I didn't. I wasn't confident in the shot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I yeah. probably should just have let down, and I didn't. You know, you fired yeah. it anyway, even though I went through the process. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So totally. I think you could still go through that process, but I think being accurate, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm- Yeah. No, but that was like- I'm talking in circles any, a No, I bit. know what you mean. When any of that doubt starts to creep in, it's like, you know, when this, and especially when you get animals in front of you, like that's how you see the just the stuff people do and everyone's, no one's totally immune to it. Um you just see the stuff that happens when people got animals in front of them. Oh yeah, it's could... just crazy. You know, we were talking about. I don't. I haven't myself had the well. Aside from that black bear shot right over the top of him, fourteen yards, gimme shot that I can go out there right now and just sink a twelve ring or a ten ring every single shot for a hundred shots in a row on that. But uh, so weird stuff can happen. But you know that grizzly bear when he was in there, like. It was probably about the most intense excitement I've experienced. You know, there's just nothing. It sounds bad. Like, oh, you know, oh, is your life so bad that that's the only thing that gets your heart pumping? (laughs) But it's there's something about it, man. You know, those grizzly bears, and especially 
when they're there for a while. Like I had to sit there and watch him for a while and it gave me plenty of time to get that adrenaline fully dispersed. Yeah. And, you know, I had to like focus on breathing just to, so I didn't pass out, you know. And, but, you know, and when I went, all right, time to make the shot. It's like, you know, I told myself you are going to like, you're not going to let this shot go until you get into holding and alignment and add tension. And that's, I mean, that's, I specifically remember well, telling myself that as I'm, as I'm bringing that bow up to draw, I'm like, you are not going to let this shot go until, and it, and it, and it wasn't but a split second, you know, may, I probably, I don't, I wasn't in holding for that long, but it was enough for me to fully get in there, add tension and break the shot. Because, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, you, it's so easy, especially when you get an animal close, close mm-hmm. to you, that, oh, good enough, wing! Yep. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, everything everything goes out the window. You just forget everything. You're like, oh, slam dunk, I don't have to do, I don't have to think about anything. I just, <laughs> all I got to do is pull this back and let it go, and that animal is mine. Yep. You know, and then. And you watch the arrow sail you, over its back. That's how you, that's how you shoot over a moose's back at eight yards or whatever, yep. you know. Yep. Like, it's it's just a weird thing your brain does. So, I mean, that's a long way of saying that, that, that I mean, you can probably over overthink it a little bit, but man, it pays to have a process that you follow. I never you realized. Know, I don't care what any of these old guys say. They're not shooting past 15 yards anyway. Yeah. I you I know, would agree. If you, you want know. if you want to improve the consistency of your shooting, especially in under pressure, like you, you gotta have at least have a process that you follow, yep. like a cognitive process that you're you're walking through each and every shot. Well, that's you know you hear the guys talk about you know shooting, you know the way Tom teaches, or you know a guy that's snap shooting or whatever. I mean, I know a lot of people that snap shoot. Yeah, and you know I have a buddy that does, and he shoots. F- f- I would say pretty good, but we were talking the other day. You know, he's the one that loaned me that bow. Yeah, he, we were talking about all this because I was, you know, he doesn't know who Tom is, you know, yeah, any of that. And I'm, I was kind of telling him, you know, and part of the, you know, reasons behind this, and not only just shooting form, that whole shoulder thing. Oh, the shoulder, see, preventing shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, and, and, and is a big deal, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, oh, especially huge. in the long term, you know, it's like, I fully agree with what Tom says about that. I, I mean, yeah. I well, really do. I there's mean, nothing to, like, you can't dispute that. It's like a scientifically. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that whole system of shooting is based off a, like, biomechanically designed shot to, Prevent injury. Prevent that, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we're, you know, we're talking about it and explaining it. And, I mean, he he was saying, you know, that, yeah, he's not, some days he's great and it's just not consistent. Yeah. And that's where I think this, it builds consistency because you're going through a process. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, my buddy told me he yeah, doesn't I mean, necessarily go through a process every yeah, time. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, like the the mechanics of it are important too but even you know if you took a guy a guy like that that just you know totally you know the total asbel instinctive type of type of school of thought 
and you just give them a process to follow, it's going to improve. Oh, it's going to improve. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what my point yeah. was. You could still shoot with somewhat bad form as long as you had, even if, if just following a, a st- some steps, make mm-hmm. up whatever your steps are. Yeah, totally. It, it's going to, you're going to, you're going to be at least consistent. Oh, totally. You yeah. know? It, yeah, it will it, help. It, it, or setting up a, you know, even just, you know, for a lot of snapshoot, which for, cause that's what I was doing. I got in, you know, I think it's arguable that a lot of snapshooting is target panic in disguise or under a different yeah, name. Probably is. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's how I was, man. I couldn't even, couldn't even like, couldn't, I couldn't hold at my anchor. If you put like a stack of hundred dollar bills there and said, you know, well, Something with a lot of risk. Yeah. <laughs> what I finally, you know, I, I just couldn't hold my anchor. I, that fell apart on me pretty quick. But uh, I had to like go inside or point point the bow at the house to like force myself to stay and holding and stay and holding and hold it and hold it and hold it to get through that that target panic uh, aim triggered shot. Yeah. You know, because that's what your brain will naturally. Tell you to do. do, yeah. And I know, you know, when I'm before I, I've just been messing around with this, you know, triggered shot for about a week, and it's already. I'm like, ah, there's no comparison. You know, I would always, always fight, fight my, my shot being triggered by aim, mm-hmm. and it's like, it just works. It just flat does. I don't understand all the intricacies of it but it gives you one it gives you one more cognitive job to get through before you can let go of that and it gets you through that time period that you know where you net your brain's just screaming to let it go anyway it's yeah no i i agree i i just got i got a long ways to go more so than i thought but I mean, it's already okay. i'm I, i'm uh i'm still in i still i'm still into it but yeah yeah I was you'll a, get you'll get there it's just you know, with you, it's that working on relaxing the right muscles and just to get, because your, your struggles getting, moving up and back, moving and rotating your shoulder up and back into anchor. Yeah. You know, it's, you get stuck right there. Yeah. I'm just tight. Like yeah. it. Go get on. I can only imagine what Tom was thinking. He's like, dude, you're freaking, t-. he's like, yeah. he's grabbing my bicep and he's like, dude, you're flexing your chest, your bicep. I mean, yeah. it was just, everything was oh, yeah. tight. And it's like, well, no wonder I can't get all the way in the into my back, you know. And yeah, I'm just like, well, I, I guess I kind of felt that, but I didn't. Well, I, you know, that's what that's why I say I'm glad that he was here to be able to go. This is what's going on. Oh, totally. Be, you know, it gives you it gives you a direction to go. Yeah, because it's just it's discouraging when you're just fighting I, it by yourself and you don't. I knew something was wrong. Yeah, but I didn't quite know. I guess I don't know. I'm a slow learner, and it just was like I didn't put well, two and two together. And, and it's a bunch. Of, it's a bunch of pieces, man. Like for the past six months, I've been going, you know, this up down cycle where, like, you know, for initial, like one day it would just feel so good, and all this. And I'm like just trying to remember that. Then for a week, I couldn't get into my back, or I couldn't get into good alignment, and it's just, you know, the the ups and downs have started to in the past couple of months dramatically started to taper off where they're not as you know, big as swings. They're not as big as swings now. And, and I'm 
excited to see what happens with this this tri- you know shooting a triggered shot because it's already I'm still trying to get used to it and it's already I mean at 20 yards I have a hard time missing the 10 ring you know just instinctive aiming and then well it's a point of consistency so I mean yeah so it's it's pretty exciting yeah uh, no that'll be that'll be cool yeah I'm pretty stoked to see how the sheep hunting goes that's next oh yeah it's right around the corner really it's coming up pretty quick yeah i'm a little just a little more than a month away i guess i'm not really excited i'll get excited when i actually get there and then i'll be you'll be you'll be gut wrenched i'll be on the drive there still probably oh yeah well that was last like last year i was just about to puke like getting out of the truck loading everything up and then we all go through that and then you get you get an hour or so into it and everything's fine but just those pre, it's like before, you know, before you play a big football game or something like that. That's the only thing I can remember comparing it to just nerves and, you know, I got it, you know, I'm going to treat it like I'm just going to go, I'm going to go kill one. But, well, I'm, I'm, I I know the, I know the odds. That's, that's hey, always but hard to, you, you still got to try it. I mean, yeah. I just, I think if you can get on Rams, you're going to get it done. I really do, but. It's just. I think so. If I, you know, if, if I'm smart, if I'm patient. Yeah. Patient, have decent, have good weather, patient, and, uh, you know, especially with being able to, under ideal conditions, shoot to like 50 yards or a little more is much, much easier than getting to 20. Yeah. De- well, definitely. I mean, and that's something that, that. And a much better chance for a follow-up shot if I happen to miss, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, getting. Getting into even fifty. Oh, it ain't is, easy. It's not going to be easy, but I mean, it's doable. I mean, you hear guys that that are rifle hunting and go, "Oh, I shot it at fifty yards," or you know, sometimes yeah. closer. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you're. This is just from my experience, and I mean, well, I got ten yards from Rams last year. Couldn't figure out yeah. which one was <laughs> which a freaking one? legal Ram. I, <laughs> I mean, which I'd already got a shot on them, but earlier. Yeah. But it was like I've never been that close yeah. to five five rams, yeah. <laughs> you know, at ten yards, and I'm, they're looking at me all like a herd of muskox. They're staring at me, and I'm like, okay, which one? Which, which one, one? Which one? I don't even freaking know. I'm at full draw, going which one? Which one? You know, I would have yeah. never even dreamed that would have happened. Oh ever. yeah, you know, especially. I mean, I was at that point, I was amped up anyway because I'd already taken a shot, missed. They ran up the mountain. And I'm just huffing and puffing trying to find them. Yep. And lo and behold, they're here backed up into this cliff. (laughs) Just standing there. It's like they could have ran and they didn't. You know, it took me walking up, basically coming up over the hill and being right there. You know, and I'm thinking, at the point or after that, I'm thinking, what an ideal scenario. But I wasn't, I was caught off guard with everything. Oh, you didn't expect them to be right there. Yeah. No. But I mean, I don't think that's going to be a common thing. No, no. You know, the I mean that yeah. one, the, the one that I got with the compound. I mean, that was sixty yards. Yeah, and I, I had been closer to him. I was at thirty at one point, but the one knew something was up, and then they kind of circled back around above me, up on some rocks, and they're kind of they didn't know what I was. Yeah, but they knew something was there, and they're just looking at me. And I mean, I ended up. 
you know, prime example of why I think taking practicing at longer distances is going to help you. Yeah. Well, it just, you know, the, you're developing the consi- developing the consistency to <clears throat> shoot, you know, 50, 75, 90%, you know, kill shots at 70 yards or whatever. Like, it just, it, you develop a, a much more precise, controlled shot. I mean, it just makes like anything, you know, after after shooting like 55 yards, man, go to 35 yards and, you know, switch back to an instinctive aim and it's just thunk, thunk, thunk. You know, yeah, it, it is, if nothing else, like you don't, you don't, and you don't have, you know, a lot of the, the, the 20 yard guys, like, if you don't want to, you don't have to take a shot beyond twenty yards. No. But man, being you know being able to get consistent way out farther, it, it does nothing but help you. Yeah, I I guess I never really realized that. It took me a long time to realize that. Now, I mean, I've totally changed my tune about that one. Oh yeah. I mean, I used to be a guy to be like, well, why? I mean, just like I said, moose at forty yards, and I wouldn't take it. Yeah, which it, with it, a compound is not yeah, far. and a compound. Yeah, so it's like. And granted, you know, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. But it, I just never, it took me a long time to come around to that. Oh man, if I start shooting at further distances, start showing imperfection and then you can start working on that imperfection mm-hmm. and, and you get it dialed in. I'm not saying that I, I would kill something at a long distance every time. Yeah. But just knowing that it's making me better at closer distances mm-hmm. or at reasonable distances. Mm-hmm. To me, is it? It goes back to that whole, you know, trying something and seeing how it works out for you. You know, obviously in a practice yeah. scenario. I'm not saying Give if you if you've never shot yeah. at 80 yards, don't go go out and try to shoot something at 80 yeah. yards. I mean, you need to be practicing. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like watching you shoot tonight. There's guys that came and shoot a compound at that distance that good hmm. with a sight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean there are guys that can't. Yeah. I don't, but I, I'm just saying. Well, that, I, yeah, there. Well, th- there's a lot of guys that can do better than that, but there are there are plenty that can't. Oh, I don't yeah. want to. Well, and I don't want to sound cocky in that. Well, like, no, just, I don't think so. But I'm just saying that. I after I left here and I told you I, I'm not shooting anything with a trad bow. I'm like I feel bad right now. The way I'm shooting, I'm not winging arrows the way I'm shooting. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. So. I got the compound. I hadn't shot it all winter. Yeah. I got it out, went in the yard, started at 20, knocking arrow, arrows together, walked back to 30, just made sure my sight was on, my yeah. tape was on. I walked all the way back to 80 yards in literally within an hour. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, at well, 80, shooting like that. Yeah. Well, Nick told me, guys, giving him a hard time, something about that. He's, I guess he was going to take his compound, his compound caribou hunting or... I was just giving him shit about it and, or something like, how did that go? Something with, it's like, oh, well, I grabbed the, took the Hoyt out for 45 minutes last night, shot, was shooting four inch groups at a hundred yards. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's totally true. And I mean, but there's guys that can't do that. Yeah. And it, and I used, I used to not be able to do that. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, to me, it's exciting with the, shooting recurve again looking at what is possible mm-hmm. 
it's i mean it's going to be a journey to get to that point but yeah it's, but you can do it yeah it's, it's a possible it's knowing that you can you know you will be able to get there and do it like i would have never without certain instruction and listening to people i would have never been able to do it with compound yeah you know what i mean and yeah. this is no different i think it's definitely more difficult yeah it's I, way more difficult but i mean i i don't know well i think you know it's just like anything or rifle shooting or any type of thing and i don't know maybe maybe part of the the deal why people get people in the traditional archery community get so wound up is uh is maybe just taking things the wrong way you know like yeah, you get so I, sour puss about that and the, yeah i guess sometimes it could be you know and i would never want to like just walk up to someone and be like oh bub you're doing pretty much everything wrong yeah you know because you, you know you no matter who you are you know if you you really love this. You and you put a lot of work into getting where you're at. Whether that's you can only shoot accurately to 15 or 20 yards, not like it's. Well, everybody of, has to start somewhere. Yeah, well, and it becomes it, a big part of who you are, and you know, and especially as dudes get tend to get a little like territorial and defensive when like someone comes up and starts saying we don't know what we're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know if if something like that is a little bit. Like threatening to the the older, you know, like the inst- the just the pure. I think it's a time period. Those, I say, the older crowd in the traditional have. I don't even think it's just. I think it's just that time period that they were in. I think. I, I mean, is some of it. I would agree with it. Well, because you taught, you know, because a lot of the guys before that were winging stuff way out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I were there good shots. Way back then, yeah, guys snap shooting and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, of course there were, but there was a lot of stuff that went on too. That well, for one, people didn't hear about it. Well, like Howard wasn't Howard Hill like a just like just a killer target archer. Yeah, too, but, and and you know, like, well, there's a guy around here. My uncle talked about what was his name? Was it Roman Gray? They said he'd kill caribou like eighty, ninety yards. But how many, but like what I was saying, was he, to get that way, did he go out and practice or was he just winging arrows? Yeah, I don't you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. how many, because nowadays, well, back then people just didn't hear about stuff. Oh, I yeah. I mean. Well, obviously if, the, the if, knowledge if, level is way Well, the knowledge level today. is higher, but I'm saying you hear about somebody taking an 80-yard shot like that, killing a caribou. How many did they shoot? And miss wound, wound, yeah. Oh, totally. That you never knew about, never heard about. Yep. And granted, some of that could be kept down nowadays too, but just with everything that's out there, just freaking computers and social media oh, stuff, yeah. it's a lot more, I guess, out there for the public to see. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, totally. So it's... I don't think that... Uh, oh, yeah, and that's... I'm not trying to, like, make an excuse excuse for doing irresponsible no, no, stuff. No, no, I, I, no. I'm not saying that at all either. I just I just think that uh, people have to start somewhere and by doing some of that stuff, obviously not on game, I'm talking shooting longer distance to improve yeah. your accuracy at a yeah. closer distance. It's a, It goes back to what I was saying, open-mindedness enough to try when you get to that, start to get to that level because you're not going to just 
grab a trad bow and walk back to 80 yards and start fleeing arrows. No, no. You know, that's something you have to work up to. And you work up to it for the reason that it's going to improve your accuracy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And and also give you an idea for a follow-up shot, like what you got to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's say you never did that and you had a follow-up shot at 65 yards, let's say. If you don't know what to do and you're just going to grip and rip it at that point. You got almost zero chance of. Yeah. At least yeah. if you've practiced some of this stuff, it gives you a better percentage of of a chance. Oh, yeah. And you to le- me, you owe it to the animal at that point, if, especially if you've wounded it. Yeah. You know, granted, if it was a clean miss, at that point, decide what you want to do. I mean, yeah. whatever. That's, a, that's your own decision. But, yeah. I mean, if you wound it, shoot it in the ham or whatever the heck it is. And, and then, then you're then, just on a... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, know if totally. I'm that clear about it. Oh, but well, it's, I just, it's like a why. It's like a why wouldn't you? You know, that's a good thing to have in your pocket. You know, uh, yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it's a good it's, thing to have to have a better chance of making a longer follow up shot if you happen to. If you need to. to, yeah. So, yeah, and I if, think we're on the same page with that. No, I. I don't know, but I'm just. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse with that. I just. That's all right. Just talking. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to do. But yeah, it was a, uh, I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. I'm now, I'm like, man, I'm just going to screw everything up. Cause all I'll be doing is flinging arrows from, hey, from the road back there. That's what you're going to need to do. I think. Are you going to do any other, uh, like planned? I mean, I know sheep's probably top of the list right now, but you going to do anything else um, later this fall or gonna go moose hunting um i may yeah there's a the little honey hole we got here around town i may go go hunt that a few uh, you know a few mornings or whatever early in the season i'd kind of like to go out where where i went with uh adam weather where i took adam weatherby out last last fall oh, yeah um circumstances kind of hosed us out there but it's like it's gonna be a productive spot um I mean, the first day we were out there, we saw a 65-inch bull and then had two other bulls coming in, you know, that veered off towards each other, and it just didn't work out. Then the weather turned to crap and airplanes flying around mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, I think it's I think for, you know, a long-term hunting spot, it's one that I want to develop. So. Go back to and try. Yeah. So I'd like, to get up, I'd like to get up there and do that. I really need to kill a moose this year, so... It's going to be, if it's brown, it's down. Yeah. I think. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I mean. It's funny because I like, that's pretty much my standard go-to for moose. Like I don't care that much unless I get into like a good, unless I get in or develop a good spot where I have the luxury of holding out for just a really nice big bull. Like I could care less. I kind of like working on the little ones better. Anyway. Yeah, well, they're easier. They're easier. <laughs> easier for sure. But yeah, I'm a. I was. I was hoping to put more bears in the freezer this year. I mean, me too. <laughs> hopefully, still, if Dylan gets one. I mean, we we did well on bear last year, and I mean, I'm we still have some bear from last year, and I don't know. I'm going to concentrate on sheep. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to do a caribou hunt with a buddy of mine supposed to come up but i ain't heard a word from him so i don't know what's going on with that i got to do some states guy yeah 
and I, but I don't know um, flakes from the states. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm not going to go in detail about it, but I'm no, just like, I don't. I, no, but I'm just detail. well. I don't. I don't want to throw them under the bus no, just no. yet until I know the circumstances <laughs> of what's going on. But I haven't heard from them, and it's like we're supposed to do this in the end of August, and I'm that's kind of tentatively what we had talked about. Yeah. It's going to be here pretty quick. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm going to be sheep hunting for most of August. Yeah. I mean, that's my plan. I'm I'm going to kill I'm, one on I'm going to kill one on opening day. So, <laughs> all my August is still. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe let me rephrase that. <laughs> Maybe I should think more like that. But no, I'm I guess as far as time off work, I'm I'm dang near taking a whole month off. Nice. I'm, I'm uh I'll be I mean, I'm going to compound hunt for for sheep again, but uh Moose, I'm not too worried about. I got that permit later in the year, so I'm like, I'm not even going to, I don't know that I'm going to mess with moose during September. I'm, yeah. That's Wh- kind of. Which permit did you get again? I got that loader. Oh, the, that yeah. 20A. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's always a nice one to have in the back pocket. It's always been a good hunt. I mean, I've been really successful on that in years past, and it's. I need to get a loader and get my. You know what I should have... It'd be fun to mess around with a little bit. I should have... You like guns and stuff. So, my dad's... He's built some muzzleloaders in years past, mm-hmm. and he's been really getting into this, building these custom, authentic to a certain time period, and... and uh, I say replicas of gun builders from a certain time, time yeah. period. Like, you know, people here at Hawk and Rifle. Yep. You know, well, not all... I mean, there was the the Hawk and Rifle, but there was other rifles built around the Hawk and, mm-hmm. but they were built with, back then they had all these gun makers and they all threw their little twist on certain things. Yeah. You know, whether it was just engraving or, you know, inlay work and, or a different type of a lock or, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Well, my dad's really into all that stuff. Oh, nice. And so his, uh. He wants to build all the grandkids custom muzzleloaders of some sort. Well, he built Dylan one this last winter. I should have brought it over and showed it to oh. you. Dylan, you know, Dylan's in Jeremiah Johnson. So, he, I mean, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, that part where he's like, oh, 50, 50 caliber, caliber hawking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Dylan is always like, I want a 50 caliber hawking. And so, my dad built this authentic, and it, a lot of Hawkins were playing Jane. They were working guns, mm-hmm. and I won't. I don't want to say this gun is plain Jane, but it's it's got you know. I think he's got grade three curly maple stock on there. I mean, it's a nice looking gun. Yeah. Um, but my dad ended up building this whole thing, and and uh, it's authentic as he could make it to the time period and what was produced out of a certain gun shop. And I couldn't tell you all that huh. stuff. You'd probably enjoy seeing it. Oh, and, yeah. And I actually may use it on this hunt because I want to I want to switch it up from what I've, you know, my muzzleloader I've been using. I'm like, this, and he ended up building a 54 caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan actually hasn't even got to shoot this gun yet. We haven't had time to go and do it. And my dad keeps going, you need to take him out and shoot that gun, you know, because I've shot it. Yeah. My dad couldn't see the sights. I've been shooting oh. it this winter when he got it just about done. Yeah. He proofed it, and then he was like, you know, I want to go, because on them old guns, you got to file the front sight and, you know, all oh. this stuff. It's none of this, you know, modernized. 
adjustment. Uh, and- yeah, he did put. So he, the only thing that's not authentic on that gun, he put on a. Um, there's no elevation adjustment. It's just windage adjustment on yeah. the on the rear sight. Yeah, but you still got to get the front sight to a certain height. Yeah, so you just start. Well, I mean, that's probably how they did it. Was you start with a full full height one, and you you probably figure out the charge that shoots the best, and then yep, go from there and start just so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be shooting low. Yeah, right, and then you file that down yep. and file it down until it hits. Yep. Right where you want it to. Yeah. So anyway, he couldn't. See, I mean, he's always like, "Oh, my old age, I can't see them. I can't see the iron sights on that thing," you know. <laughs> and so I went to the range multiple times with him, and and I shot it, and that thing shoots pretty dang good. I shot it out to two hundred yards. Oh wow! Just to see what it was, you know. I even myself, I would never shoot something with that with that gun at that distance. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to see kind of what it would group like. But oh, yeah. 100 yards and in, I mean, that thing is money. And uh, that's kind of been my experience with traditional muzzleloaders, which is all I've ever hunted with anyway. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't probably take a shot beyond 100. The inlines and stuff, they'll shoot at further distances for sure. I mean, and there's some there's advantages to them. Here I am talking about, why wouldn't you use the technology, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... I think there's still a difference because, and maybe I'm I'm getting nitpicky a little bit, but I mean, and I will say like Alaska on a muzzleloader hunt. Now, I mean, you can use a scope muzzleloader as far, to my knowledge, you can huh. use a scoped muzzleloader during a regular rifle season if you want. Yep. In line, but on a drawing hunt. Muzzleloader specific hunt, you can't use You can't optic. use, you can't, yeah, it has to be iron sights. Now you can still use an inline, and yeah, it's still a muzzleloader. But I mean, I mean, look at the effective effectiveness of an inline versus a traditional, if you want to call it that. Still a percussion gun, let's say. Yeah. Not even you're not even talking flintlock. Yeah. You know. Could you shoot one of those others further? Yeah, but they don't got enough. You know, they ain't got enough poop. You start shooting it. Yeah. You know, they're not really designed to shoot as high pressures as those. These lines are. Ones. So, I mean, there's still, there's an advantage, but I mean, I was told the first time I ever went on this hunt, you know, I was told, oh, you probably ain't going to kill a moose with one of those things. You know, I, my buddy did that and he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get one. First year out, me and my dad killed two. Yeah. You know, my dad used a flintlock. I used a percussion. Wasn't a big deal. You know, I think it's just a matter of. I don't know. And then I've I've seen guys, I've ran into guys out there with more modern inline muzzleloaders, freaking sights fell off, freaking all kinds of, st- I mean, they're just, to me, they're cheap built guns, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, they're not, very, most of them aren't very expensive. No, there's some expensive ones out there, but I think when you start to really start looking at them, they're not a very well, most of them to me, in my, this is my opinion, they're not built very well. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So, but you're, you're kind of saying that, that respect, it's a, uh, if I'm getting, if I'm catching what you're pitching is, uh, they, you know, aside from a little bit, handling a little bit higher pressures and maybe a little bit more accurate. You're going to be able to shoot, shoot further distances more accurately, but you're, there's still problems with yeah. them. I mean, like I said, I, 
and I think they're a little more from what I've seen of them and people that I know that hunt with them. They're a little more user friendly in bad weather. Like, yeah, you know, you shoot, and I shoot pyrodex. Mm-hmm. You know, like my dad's shooting flintlock. He's shooting black powder. You have to out of a flintlock, yeah, because pyrodex doesn't ignite like black powder does. Yeah, it's not quite as uh, flammable, flammable, or- volatile, whatever you want to call it. And so to get that powder to ignite out of a flash pan, you know. It just doesn't happen very easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's guys that's tried it. Maybe guys have did something they can get away with it. But I mean, according to what my dad says, you just it's not it's not very smart to use that. Hmm. Well, black powder is kind of hard to get up here. True black powder. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some guys that are selling it, and you can you can get some. But he kind of he kind of hoards his black powder because you know. Oh, I yeah. told him I wanted to build a flintlock, and he's like, well, you know, you're going to have to get black powder. And I'm like, well, you got some. He's like, I ain't giving it to you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like what yeah. the heck, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, nothing trumps family unless we're talking guns and ammunition. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think it would be fun. I'm probably going to try building my own gun, and but it ain't going to happen. It won't be done in, in time to use it for this hunt. But that'd um, be cool to take Dylan's at. I'll probably just take his, just to change it up and just to be able to take his. In a way, I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I kind of like him to have first kill with this thing, too, yeah. eventually. Because that's his next thing. He's yeah. like, I'm going to get my muzzleloader certification, and I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah, geez, man. I don't know. Like, it would be nice, but, like, I another, need another freaking in-depth that, world to That's dive a into, freaking rabbit you know? hole, dude, you could go down. <laughs> my dad just got back from, he went to the States. He's been down there for about three weeks. Um, visiting family in Missouri, and then uh, he so went he up to one of the, another one of those like rendezvous. And- no, he didn't do that this time. But he went to a. Uh, it was a. Uh, I want to say it was like a gun show. Yeah, but it was all muzzleloader. It was up in Indiana. It's a big. It was a big deal, and I think it was a. Uh, he met some cool people. He's telling me all these people he met and people i'm not quite sure who he's talking about yeah so you're but, just like oh man that's awesome you know yeah. it, it would be like us getting to meet bow hunters that we're you know we look up to and stuff like that it's like that with him and these custom gun builders and getting just a bunch of old guys sitting around yeah and shooting the breeze you know and yeah. he's like oh these one guys they invited me into their booth and man i hung out there all day and you know, man, we just picked each other's brains and talked about these old Hawkins and this and that, yeah. and, you know, and he had a blast. I mean, like, he just, he eats that stuff up yeah. when it comes to muzzleloaders, you know, and he goes, I got to watch him. He goes, there was these guys building, they had, uh, they rifled a barrel right there. They had all this stuff set up. So it was a group of guys building one rifle, and each guy was doing a doing certain a different part. job. Okay, and he's like, "Man, I got to see him." You know, I had this. This guy was engraving, and this guy was, you know, rifling a barrel, and this guy was doing this. And he goes, "Start to finish, you got to see everything." Oh, cool! You know, full blown too. Like he goes beyond what he's been capable of doing. Like you know, he buys his barrels. Yeah, he's not sitting there rifling a barrel. Yeah, you know, but he's still doing all the all the inlay work, all the fit and work. I mean, everything is, he's got, he, I think he told me he's got 250 hours into wow building that rifle of Dylan's. Man. I mean, it's just time consuming. And right now he's working on a, 
uh, pistol for Alexis. He's gonna he's doing yeah. a percussion. Oh, cool pistol, and it's got certain little. I mean, he goes into all these details about. Well, this is from such and such year, and it's built by this gunmaker, and it's got this. The difference between this guy and this guy is this guy used. You know, he's got a certain curvature he puts in right here. You know, he gets yeah. all into these oh, detailed man. stuff, which is really cool. You know, and I I know a lot of people, they could care less about the, those type of older guns. But, man, when you really see a nice one, you can appreciate the work. Well, it's just like a custom-built bow. Oh, yeah. Or anything. You look at the the work that went into shaping that and doing all that work. There's a lot of work involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... Well, and you look at the old ones, especially, I'd imagine, like, they didn't have machine shops and stuff no, back then. No, <laughs> well, that's, that's just it. It's impressive how they did it. It really is. And that's why he got to see why he was so excited to see some of this stuff they were doing. Yeah. Granted, it wasn't quite, not all of it was the old way. Yeah. But, you know, he was, I don't know, he, like I said, he's really into that stuff. And what I was going to say, the, the difference, too, between, like, that inline and a more traditional style, the traditional style, I mean, you cannot get it wet. I mean, yeah. even damp. Huh. It ain't going to fire, you know. And so, I mean, that first year that I ever shot a moose out there, I actually, the hammer went down about four times on this moose, and I couldn't get it, my gun to go off. <laughs> Little fork and horn bowl. You know, like even was it popping the caps? Well, the caps was going, but it wasn't igniting my powder. You know, yeah. and I'm well, like, so then I'd, how long do you hold on and wait for a hang fire? Oh, you wait, <laughs> you wait. You know, yeah. and you definitely don't look down the barrel. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's like something you see on YouTube. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I just those inlines from what guys that I know use them. They're you don't have to be quite as particular with them. I mean, you can't be on the rain, yeah. letting water get down the barrel and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a winter hunt in the snow. What I found, what I do with mine is I bought a, uh, and mine's a little shorter, like a gun like my dad's or this one of Dylan's. I'm going to have, if I take it, it's a longer barreled gun. It won't fit in like a soft case. So what yeah. I'm using is like a Boyd shotgun case for mine. Gotcha. And it's got a shoulder strap. And so I oh. put it in that case and sling it over my back and then it keeps the snow and everything off of it. Yeah. I mean, it's loaded, powder and balls down, you know, down the barrel, but all I got to do is put a cap on it. Yeah. It's, and, safe. it's in a safe condition. Yeah. It's not going to fire. Um, but... It keeps all the snow and moisture and, you know, obviously you don't want to bring it into your Arctic oven or a cabin yeah. or whatever. You'd, once it's in the cold, you leave it in the cold. Yeah. Or you would have to, you know, if you brought it inside, you do you wouldn't take it out. You wouldn't take it out of the case. You have to leave that case shut till it acclimates, yep. I would think. Yep. Well, and, and honestly, even in that case, w- once it's loaded, you, you, I wouldn't even let it acclimate at that point because I would just fire it. Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. And, and just empty it out. I mean, yeah. that's the only way you can do it, you know. Yep. But, you know, I think you can get away with a little bit more with the inlines, which, you know, that helps people's efficiency. And I think a lot of these guys are not into it either. Um, it's, it's just another means of hunting for them. Yeah. Which is fine, you know. But, like, 
my dad even more so than me. I but I still look at it like you know there's there's some coolness coolness factor to an old Hawken or any kind of a flintlock whatever you're using. Oh, yeah, you know, just more coolness factor. It's a I hate to say a real gun, but I mean it's got a wood stock and you know yeah. it's got some character to it. It's not just some you know Jim Shockey edition you know plastic stocked stainless barreled muzzleloader. You know, yeah, it's still a muzzleloader, which is cool. And I don't care that guys use them, but I just to me they're. Uh, <laughs> they're I guess go, Mister Trad Gang over here. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying not to go down that road, but I just. Yeah, it's what I. It's what I appreciate more is that that better to me. I I shouldn't even say better build. Here I go, but I'm just. But you at least like what I'm catching is you. You have an open enough mind where you're not like, oh, that ain't trad. No, I mean, and that's the thing. If a guy wants to use one, fine. I don't. It's just not what I'm going to use. You know? Yeah. And now with people I know, of course, we razz each other, give each other crap about it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, shooting that fake muzzleloader, you know, plastic stocked fake gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the, I mean, I wouldn't do that to somebody I didn't know. Yeah. Until I knew how they felt about it or, yeah. you know, got to know somebody. And we do the same thing with compounds and, and oh, yeah, compounds stick bows between stick bows. people we know. Yeah. Well, I guess some people don't, but I mean, I, it's like that time we were talking about crossbows and Nick was talking about crossbows and stuff, you know, I don't agree that crossbows should be in a bow season now, unless it's for like disabled, disabled or, or yeah. something. I'm all fine with that, but for you ain't disabled. And if you went to pick up a crossbow, I'd be like, what the heck? I'd actually give you crap for it. Cause oh, I'd yeah. be like, <laughs> what, what you can't shoot a, a, a real bow. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. Oh, I, I totally get it. And that, I don't think you're ever going to get away from uh, from that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I'm never going to get away if I start shooting a crossbow from you guys giving me shit. Well, no, you probably you probably wouldn't. But I'm just saying, there's always going to be people that are like, you know, I don't like that or oh, don't agree yeah. with that or at whatever. all sorts of varying levels. Yeah. You know, so but yeah. And so. anyway, it's I don't know. It's kind of but yeah. I'll bring I'll bring that gun over. So yeah, you can I want to see out. it. I should have my I uncle brought it. Which maybe I ought to try and get that back from him and shoot something with it. I my uncle had given me this muzzle loader of his for I had it like for a year or so, and he's like, "You should shoot." He said, "You need to shoot a grizzly bear with this." But then I got into shooting him with bows and arrows, and didn't. Yeah, and he had never shot this. It was from a guy, um, a guy he knew for years. That I think he was a was a retired spook or something like that. But a guy was big time muzzleloader enthusiast and he built this it was i want to say it was a 56 caliber it was a little yeah, bit odd it was an odd they make it a 58 i think it was 58 yeah because it was it was it wasn't a 50 or 54 it was bigger but it was kind of an odd one that you couldn't just like buy bullet buy yeah. projectiles for yeah. um you know and he had a couple he my uncle never fired it he had it's just a beautiful stock, like a Douglas barrel, like match barrel. He said he went through, you know, Tracy said he went through like three barrels to finally found the one he liked, and um, you know, kind of I don't, I just don't know muzzle loaders that well. It looked kind of like the Kentucky Long Rifle cap lock, yep, um, 
Just well, they're a, just pretty guns. Oh, just I a think. beautiful, and it, it points really well and stuff like that. And long story short, it's a beautiful rifle. And I just, I had, there's a guy that uh, I'm sure your dad knows him, but um, was I was kind of going to take all this stuff over and have him line me out like, I think he had molds for making more more mini balls yep. and, and show me how to, you know, lube the bullet. Yep. You know, because a lot of guys, it's like you pour, you know, whatever wax, whatever it is, you know, set all those things up and pour it in a dish and then break them out. I don't know how it works. Yeah, there's, there's, a, actually, there's a process There's a it. process and it's actually kind of involved because my yeah. dad got into doing casting bullets. Yeah. Even for pistol, like 45 yeah. and 38 and 357, all that stuff. And, you know, lubing them, there's a process with doing all that stuff. Yeah, it's and there's not, special tools and there's... Well, that's like the, what I gathered because, you know, the, the the little mini balls he had weren't lubed or anything. And I'm, I'm like, it's probably not quite as simple as going down to Sportsman's Warehouse and getting a tube of the stuff well, you, and just squirting so it on there. And It's funny you mention that. You can do that because what I found, and I don't... So, you know, there's different types of... There's round ball, there's maxi ball, yeah. there's power belts that got the little plastic it looks yeah. like a copper bullet yeah. with a plastic base on yeah. it all the you know sabots yeah sabos whatever the heck they call them what i've what i have found like so i'll shoot a conical type bullet mm-hmm. you know my dad he's he's traditional he shoots a round ball and i was gonna say you know a real muzzleloader has soul kind of like yeah a, it has a soul kind of like, like a trad a, bow like a wood, wood bow, bow. I know. I know. My you boat. My boat. My boat. Don't is that doesn't have a soul. It yeah. takes them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Of course, but, like yeah, I you know this. Of course, I shot you know this grizzly bear with this nice wood longbow. Neil Jacobson made me. It's just a beautiful bow. It's so quiet. But yeah, we're. Um, I texted we after we finally found that bear. I texted Aaron a picture of it because I'd sent him the video early that morning before we left to go find him. I'm like, yeah, what do you think of the shot and. He kind of had the same thoughts we did. Um, anyway, I texted him a picture of the bear when we found him, and he called us, and we were walking back to the boat or something like that. I can't remember what I said. You know, we're all excited. And I said, yep, we get back to the boat. To the boat. I'm going to snap every one of them wood arrows over my knee and throw <laughs> them in the damn river where they belong. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a lot to that, but I don't know. But, anyway, I was saying... So what I found, what we do, because um, there's different type of lubes for these bullets, yeah. and during this winter hunt, it can be dang cold. I mean, I've been out there at 50 below zero oh, yeah. hunting. I mean, it's not, people think it's slam dunk, and it's not. I mean, there's a lot lot involved mm-hmm. in getting there and just everything, but... um. In the cold, some of those that lube, it gets so hard it just falls off. Like oh, when you go that to makes sense. Yeah. when you go to put it like in the barrel, plastic almost. Yeah, when yeah. you when you go to put it down the barrel, it just freaking flakes off, and now you don't have any lube on there. Yeah. And what we ended up using is my dad's got this uh, actually rendered bear grease huh. works the best. My dad every year, bear, you know, give me that bear fat. Could it render that stuff? Make lube for bullets. I'm like, all right. You know? I've heard of I've heard of that using bear fat for for bullet lube before. You know, or patches. Yeah. You know, on the patch. Yeah. Yep. Like on a round ball, you use a patch. Yep. 
But you and you lubricate the patch. The patch, right? yeah. And it the actually, patch kind of wraps around that ball. Yeah, because it's just flat, round. Yep. You set it on the barrel, then with the ball, then yep. push it in. Well, you know, I had to learn that the hard way because it's also harder to load. You know, if that if there's no no lubricant, little yeah. lube on there, but that lube is what seals your rifling. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So if it flakes off or it's not or it's so hard, it's not sealing anything. Because one year I tried to mess, I messed around with the sabots or whatever. Yeah. Every one I tried to put down the barrel, the sap, the the base, the plastic, uh, the plastic sleeve or whatever that is yep. on there, it broke right off. I'm like, these are worthless as crap in the cold. Yeah. I'm like, you couldn't pay me to shoot these things. You know, of course, my dad's like, oh, uh, plastic crap. You know, get yourself a good old patch and a round ball. It's all you need. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, he does have a point. I mean, his. I mean, I think I've killed four, four moose with my muzzleloader, and I've either had to take follow-up shots or they didn't go down right away. And I'm shooting a 50 caliber. He shoots. He's killed one with his flintlock. Yeah, 54 caliber flintlock. He shot at about 70 yards. One shot right through the lungs. That thing took two steps and was done. Like. And I think that round ball in a 50 ca- 54 caliber, I think it's 240 grain or something like that. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good size bullet. And, and we're not talking like hard cast stuff. We're talking, you know, it'll yeah. smash up like a yeah. mushroom bullet. You know, you just don't get the, you know, the ballistic performance and accuracy that you would get out of a conical bullet, yeah. I would think, you know. Yeah. Well, but like those, the ones that I'm shooting, they're ones. W- I've bought some, we've casted some. The ones I'm shooting right now, we've casted. I don't remember exactly the grain on them, but they're upwards of 300-something oh, out wow. of a 50 caliber. Wow. Um, and like I said, I've had to take follow-up shots, and you know, usually they haven't. Now, some of the shots I've made haven't been the greatest, mm-hmm. you know, either. Um, like the last one I got, that one actually... I ended up gut shooting it, got a follow-up shot in it, and then it went down to the bottom of the valley, and I took, basically, it was a Hail Mary shot after I was reloaded. Yeah. And it went down to the bottom of the, I mean, I didn't even hit it the third shot, and uh, I'm just like, I think I gut shot that thing. One of those hits is a gut shot, and I only had so much, so many reloads on me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to hike all the way back up on top of the ridge. My buddy was up there watching all this, you know, because I stalked down on this moose yeah. that was bedded. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm out of ammo. Yeah. <laughs> I only had what I do. They make these little speed loader Oh, tubes. yeah, yeah, I've seen So those. I carry a couple of those. Once I shot all, I have three. Once I shot them all, you know, I'm like, I was yeah, out. you don't come with like. 20 of them like you would a yeah, box and and rifle center fire ammo. <laughs> I guess next time what I may do is I might I might wear my moccasins and loincloth and carry my uh your powder my horn powder and horn and my my possibles bag. It you'll do like twenty percent better when you could just put that <laughs> horn up there and bite that thing <laughs> dump that powder down the barrel and that's how Davy Crockett did it. I right? think that's what you should do. I mean, I'm I'm on a roll tonight with these. Uh, what I the, should do? Yeah, 
I think that's the next thing you should do. You should have did it with the wood stone point is loincloth in your Crocs with no <laughs> with no thermosel like no thermosel full yeah. full traditional. The I mean traditional the way they way. used the way they used to do it. <laughs> Barry come in and look up and be like, "What in the hell are you doing?" <laughs> That's how I'd get them. That's a, I always tease my buddy that you know lived here and he moved back to Colorado. He uh, I'm always teasing him about. We're texting back and forth, and I'm like, "Yep, I think our next." Uh, we're always joking. I'm like, "Yeah, you have to check out my new YouTube video." I said, "Yeah, it's me hunting black bears in my loincloth," and <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "I'm like, I'm gonna show up to hunt down there next time. I'm a, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna show up in my loincloth." So. <laughs> He's, we're always joking about that all the time. My dad, I did I tell you that story when he went to the Rocky yeah, Road War? Yeah, all you, his guard. You told that. Now, he that. didn't wear he didn't wear a loincloth, but he but was his mountain man guard. And his yeah. buddy had just been messing with him or something. Well, he was supposed to dress up. He was supposed too, to do it, and he and didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. that was pretty funny. But anyway, that's yeah, pretty I, good. Well, yeah, we better. Yeah, probably better. better wrap this thing up. But man, it's been good catching up with you. Fun to shoot. I may go. May have to go fling a couple more arrows, um, which you and I'll show you that black bear video. And then uh, I did want to say thanks to Lou Bradley, who'd been who was on here a while back. Uh, you know, told some awesome stories, and he's a guy that I would like. I could spend all day I, BSing. You with, know, I really like, wish I knew. I didn't even know he was going to be in town. I was like, I heard from my brother. He texted me. He's like. Or no, I heard from my buddy. He said, "Oh yeah, I picked up some of his uh, his books. I'm going to give them to my dad for uh, yeah. for a present." And I'm like, "He was here in town because I would have I would have bought some in a heartbeat because I I want a set of them." You know? Oh and, yeah, yeah. I guess we all kind of dropped the ball and left you out in the rain on that one. But he, uh, yeah, I kind of thought so that. We, I was like, you know, we <laughs> and I hadn't bought a set yet because I mean, they're, like, there it's an investment. It's an investment. Yeah. Um. And I kind of like fully intend to, but just one of those things I've been putting off and that was great talking to him. And he, uh, well, he sent me, he's, you know, kind of sent me actually a few people in the world send a thank you card nowadays. And, uh, I guess a guy from a listener from Australia called him up in order to set a book. Oh, cool. After that. But, uh, anyway, so what was, it was when Tom was up here, Tom Lamal gave me a call. I was like, hey, I got your set of books, you know. I'm like, what set of books? So, well, they got your name on them, and Lou sent me up a set of books. Oh, so, awesome. <clears throat> yeah, that. I just want to say say thank you to him for sure. That was super nice, and those books will get, oh, I, will get, a, well, not a beat. I'm looking for the right word. They'll get thoroughly read. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I guess the only other thing before we wrap up, I, uh, I'm dancing with the devil now after some, some prodding from a couple buddies and a few listeners. I did did start a Patreon page for the Tund- for Tundra Talk podcast, so I'm uh, joining the beggars on the on the on the side of Johansson Expressway down there. I, where's your tip jar? I'm gonna. Have I to- need my tip jar. Yep. It's uh. Anyway, um. Yeah, I figured. Figured what the heck. It's uh just a way you guys, if you appreciate the podcast, you can you can show your support monetarily i don't know how there's not a good way to say that without being a no, without being a, 
a salesman. Yeah. But it does it does cost money to cost money to do and uh and I mean I wanna it's not like I have any plans to stop, but I'd like to do more if anything. So any of that helps. So if you feel so uh so inclined and you want to kick a few bucks into the into the beer fund or the, the change jar um, you can find that on, it's just, uh, I think it's just patreon.com slash Tundra Talk. And uh, definitely, definitely appreciate appreciate the listeners. Um, just like all the feedback. been doing this about a year and a half now. And like the, the feedback's been, I mean, made not overwhelming, but I have I've been pretty impressed. And it's definitely more than I ever really thought. Expected. So no, I'm I- having, having a lot of fun doing it. And uh at least it seems to be resonating with people. We're just having fun shooting the shit. So yeah, no, I think <laughs> works for me. I think it's awesome. I've enjoyed being on here. Just I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just I think getting that information, getting some information out for guys too. I mean, I do know we sit around and BS a lot too, but well, I, mean, I, I think I don't know, man. I'm like you can only you can only talk about i guess so much stuff over and over and over again yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh yeah well that's i don't know it's the way i look at it it's it's the con you know as long as there's some useful information that somebody yeah. can get yeah every once in a while it's i don't know it's the conversations that we would pretty much have anyway you know that we pretty much have been having for years all the time just not recording them. I, yeah, no, you're exactly right. I've been listening to the the Stickbow Chronicle guys quite a bit. Those guys are good and, guys. And, yeah, and I've, I've, you know, because I've been driving a lot for work, and I mean, heck, I, I think I w- listened to the last like six or seven podcasts. You know, yeah. Before I leave out of town, I'm like download, download, download. Well, and that then, and that's a good one, man. Like I, I, I can't, you know, I don't know how long they've been doing it because they just kind of popped up on the radar not that many months ago. And that's a good podcast. Yeah, they man. seem like they're pretty down to earth guys, and and uh, I enjoy it. Oh I, yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying that because I've been on there. A yeah, couple no, times, I, but it's like they would fit right in with you know any of us up here. You yep. know what I mean? So well, and I enjoy. I guess my point to that was I enjoy because those guys they just I mean they talk to people, yeah. but they're also sitting around talking just like we're doing now. Oh yeah, and I I like that because to me it's more I hate to say normal, but just some buddies sitting around. Well, it's a talking ca- like about casual. Stuff, you know? Yeah, you it's know, more casual, casual. It's kind not of conversation. I'm <laughs> if you could if you can judge by my footwear, I'm like I don't know. I just that's well, how me too. I, am. I kicked off yeah, my shoes and hopefully my hopefully my boots. my feet aren't stinking. It's like what it was like eighty something degrees. Oh, today. it's hotter than shit outside. It's like Cambodia. But, uh, oh, they ain't going to stink no worse than that grizzly bear hide that's drying in the other room is, so. It just smells like a tannery in here. (laughs) (laughs) It all smells like something. (laughs) Just as long as you don't catch it when I got green belly wolves in here. (laughs) Yeah. Then it's not too bad. But anyway, yeah, I guess we'll. At least your garage ain't attached to the house. That is a good point. Um, Yeah. Anyway, with that, I guess we'll uh, sign off, but thanks for listening, and uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can always email podcast at tundertalkak.com, and uh, if you uh, feel so inclined to leave a good review on 
iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. Thanks, and uh, and see you again soon. See you again soon. Sounds so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time. <laughs>